0: Of love, or the power of business, because that's also that's also Bill English's walk-up song. Good morning again, Bill. Good morning, Mr. Paul. Thanks for joining us on Faith Radio Mornings. Uh, you welcome. had a bit, You weren't here last week. I kind of bummed, but you're busy. I was. We had the
1: best practices conference last week, the third one we've done, and it was very successful. Uh, we had 83 or 4 people there with about 32, I think, CEOs and another 16 or 17 business decision makers here in the Twin Cities. Very niche conference, mm-hmm. not a large conference, but if you own a business, 5 million and up, it was the place
0: to be. It was the place to be, and as the name suggests, you're talking Best practices in business. And uh, you had, you gave me a list of 10 here. Yes. You gave me a list of 10. So let's start going through those. And we'll hopefully not get them all today. I don't, we'd like to, because I want you to dig into these really well. The first one you talk about is higher character, train skills.
1: Yeah, that's the first best practice. So these are Platinum's. uh, That's the group that I consult through. These are Platinum's uh, top ten best practices for business owners. The first one is hire character, train skill. Uh, Because the opposite will kill your business. If you hire skill and you plan to train the character because the person's kind of odd or they're just toxic in a Mm -hmm. personality, uh, they may be crazy good at what they do in their job and they may be able to land all kinds of of wonderful new accounts or, you know, develop great processes or whatever. But if their personality or their character is toxic for your organization, they're going to ruin your business. And so what we, what we always suggest is that you look at people who have good character and who can fit your culture, and then if you need to, train their skill. But always hire character first.
0: But this is hard, too, because when, you, uh, when you're looking for candidates for a job and you look at their resume, what does it usually talk about? Their skills. Their
1: skills. Right. And that's where um, good interviewing is important. It's not just sitting down and asking them, you know, now how would you handle this situation and what have you done in that situation? You know, you go to lunch with them. You, you you put them in different situations. You maybe uh, you're purposefully late to one of the meetings just to see how they handle somebody who didn't do what they were supposed to do. You know, you you uh, you create situations where you get to know them. And the more key they are to your organization, the more time you need to spend with them before you
0: hire them. And I think about a uh, guy that was hired uh, at one of the radio stations I worked at, and before he was hired, the uh, interim manager took us out to dinner or out to lunch. And it was there as I was watching him getting to know his heart, just conversation, watching how he interacted with the waitress. Yep. That spoke volumes to me. Yeah, And so when the interim manager asked me afterwards, what do you think about this guy? I said, he's the man. He's the guy. He's the guy you want for this position. Yeah. It was so yeah. obvious. Yeah, Figuring out who a
1: person is is more important than figuring out what they can do. So if you're the owner of a business and you've built a great business with a great culture, you're already in tune with this. If you're getting ready to start a business or maybe you're getting ready to hire your first round of employees, you really
0: want to make sure you get people with great character. There you go. The second of the uh, top ten practices you have is engage a team of trusted advisors to regularly speak truth into your life. I
1: cannot tell you how many small business owners I've met who despise consultants. They despise accountants, lawyers, lawyers. Bankers, Uh, In fact, they view their banker as somebody to be maneuvered. Uh, I give them just enough information so I can get my line of credit, but otherwise I never talk to my banker. And consultants do nothing but drain your money and never give you any uh, value at all. Uh, These are the kind of business owners that usually get stuck. They don't know that they're stuck, or if they do know that they're stuck, they have enough hubris to think that they can get out of it on their own. Much better for a small business owner to come along and say, I'm going to surround myself with people who are smarter uh, than me in areas uh, that I'm not good at – legal, accounting, banking, financial planning, human resources, and the list goes on. And I'm going to develop a list of trusted advisors who I talk to on a regular basis – yeah, you'll pay for them, but in the long run, they will save you a ton of money. I will tell you that a good lawyer will save you a ton of money. A great accountant will save you a ton of money. hmm
0: Well, a lot of times, because you bring up consultants, and you know, we work in in radio. We have a lot of consultants, or a lot of people who are out there, and it's some consultants. I do have to admit, seem to have a package do this, do this, do this, without really getting to know you. Now, you're talking something different.
1: I am. I'm talking about getting to know trusted advisors who get to know you personally and can speak truth into those parts of your business that you're not good at, but they do it in such a way that it's consistent with your values, your culture, and – they know where you want to go with the business, and so it's consistent with your strategy. And just a note on bankers, uh, for business owners out there, you really want to develop a great relationship with your banker. Your banker should be one of the first people who learns about the problems in your business, not the last. They are the ones who supply you with the cash that you need when you need it a lot of times. Now, sometimes it's private equity and other money, but uh, a lot of times it, it's, it's a banker. They don't like surprises. They really don't like surprises. So the more transparent you can be with your banker, chances are the more they will work with you.
0: So you're getting to that issue of transparency. Yeah. And that's a good thing in in the proper setting.
1: Honesty and transparency with your trusted advisors. I'm all over it.
0: All right. We're talking with Bill English from Bible and Business, also talking about the Platinum Group. You're part of that and your recent Top 10 Best Practices Conference. And we're going to continue with this in just a few moments here on Faith Radio Mornings. <laughs> 17 past the hour. This is Faith Radio Mornings. I'm Paul Perot sitting in for Peter Kapsner, and it's Wednesday, so we have our usual visit with Bill English from Bible and Business. Real quickly, Bill, Bible and Business, for those who have not been to the website, tell us about it.
1: It's uh, Bill's Thinking Out Loud. And, it's also and that can be
0: a pretty scary thing sometimes because yes, we're talking yes, off mic here, and yes. you, keep, you keep coming up with these abbreviations for things I'm saying, you know? You know,
1: well, it's, it's what I do. It's how my mind works. But Bible and Business is where I think out loud. I've been blogging there since August of 2011, and uh, there's an embryonic book out there. The core of my call, uh, God's call on my life, is to write a theology for business owners on what the Bible has to say about stewarding a business properly before the Lord. And so... Um, Uh, There's an embryonic book out there, a lot of posts, about 400 posts out there. I think there's about 60 or 70 of these radio interviews out there. They all link back to Faith Radio. And um, I got interviews with Austin Hill, with uh, Bill Meyer, with you, with uh, uh, Bill Arnold and uh, Peter Peter, Kapsner. Um, uh, what I don't have is an interview with Peter Kapsner while he's in Florida over Thanksgiving. I don't have that yet, but I hope to yeah, get that soon. Yeah, he's
0: probably just listening and chuckling right now, poolside, while he's listening on the Faith Radio app. I, I doubt it. He's no, probably with no, his he's life. listening. He's, oh, I, you think so? I think he just texted me, too. Uh, did he really? No, no, I yeah, anyway. no, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, getting back to what we were talking about, you uh, last week you missed out on our, your usual segment because of the Best Practices Conference, and we're dealing with some of those top 10 best practices yep. let's get to number 3 which has to deal with conflict and problems and the word you have is embrace mm. engage and deal with the negative.
1: You have the problems you tolerate, you have the conflicts you tolerate. If you want continuous conflicts in your uh, company, then make sure that all you do is avoid conflict. So we talk a lot about running to the bullets, running to the fire, running to the negative, running to the conflict, getting it resolved as fast as possible. Because when you have unresolved conflict, you leave opportunity, growth, and profits on the table. Nobody likes conflict. I don't like it you don't like it i don't even think neil stavem likes it you know so well
0: he's scandinavian
1: well that's true okay but still i don't think anybody here likes conflict no but as an owner as a leader that's one of the things that you have to get past you have to get past yourself and get into the conflict as soon as you can
0: okay but that's again takes this vulnerability and humility thing
1: It does, but it also takes some tact, and you have to hold your emotions in check, and you have to kind of wade through. One of the operating principles there is the truth is never the problem. The other operating principle is uh, seek first to understand the other person before you try to be understood. And when you do those two things in conflict resolution, a lot of
0: times you can get it resolved. That kind of brings to mind, well, just... It's just basic stuff that you hear from Ken Sandy, Peacemakers Ministries, learning how to deal with conflict. Uh, yeah,
1: but it's, it's so very hard to do, and a lot of people avoid it. And that, what I'm saying is if you're a business owner, you're avoiding conflict, you are stifling your business, and your business will never grow, and you personally will never become the owner and the leader that you think you could become uh, until you learn to deal with conflict.
0: And that's, that's the key right there. I think you just nailed it, because unless you're willing to engage... You're hindering yourself and your business and and your your employees and all the rest of it. Okay, number four, because we only have a few minutes left here. Number four, know your cash break even. Get under it and stay there. Cash okay, it, management. Or you said off mic, cash manglement. Yeah, I always
1: say manglement for management. Oh, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. You so. know, it could be, uh, you could be mangling anything, right? Uh, it's uh, the cash, cash manglement, cash management. Look, know your cash break even, get under it and stay now, there. Now
0: explain all those terms you just yeah, used. Yeah, so cash. what
1: is the cash break even? The cash break even is not found on your income statement. Uh, so when you do a, a P&L report out of QuickBooks or Peachtree or whatever accounting system you're using, uh, even if you do it on a cash basis, you're not going to get your cash break even out of that. You've got to go Excel and and figure this out. And so what you want to look at is how much dollars are actually going out the door on a per time period basis, usually monthly is how people measure this. Uh, how many how much dollars are going out the door? How many dollars are coming in? When do they meet each other? When do they equal Zero. That's your cash break even. What you want to do is have less dollars going out than dollars coming in. Mm-hmm. Now, on an accrual basis, uh, you can show profitability on your income statement and still go out of, out of business. You can still go bankrupt because uh, accrual is matching uh, expenses to revenues. Okay, it doesn't really deal as much with cash. But on a cash basis, if you're always bringing more cash in than you're putting out, it's harder to go out of business. It's harder Mm -hmm. to go bankrupt. It can still be done, uh, but it's harder to do that. And so a Platinum, we talk about knowing your cash break, even get under it, stay there, always be building cash in your business. This is
0: kind of that mechanical stuff a lot of People don't like to deal with
1: every turnaround I've ever been associated with. They didn't know their cash break even and they were spending more cash than what was coming in and they didn't know it.
0: And you're dealing with a company like that right now. Yeah,
1: too. we're starting the turn now, finally, after a year. But, um, you know, if, and if you want help dealing with this, just give me a call. I can, help, uh, I can help you figure out
0: your cash break even. Okay. One last one, as we only have a few minutes left here, and that is talking about the issue of governance. Governance. Choosing your partner's
1: carefully. Uh, So many small businesses do not pay attention to governance, and a lot of them have partners, and they are partnerships of convenience, rather partnerships of strategy. Partnerships of convenience are people who come together to work in a business, and it's usually their tasks or their talents usually offset each other or complement each other, and so that's why they form a partnership, but they rarely take a look at whether the individuals who are entering into that partnership agreement can actually engage in the governance aspect of the business? Can they run a staff? Can they be part of a board? Are they willing to uh, take time to work on the business rather than in the business? That kind of thing. And so you want your uh, partners, even though they might be crazy smart and highly talented, a lot of times really smart, talented people make lousy business partners, and the reason for that is because they're so good in their area of expertise that they assume that they're just as good in all of these other areas Mm -hmm. of the business that they really know nothing about. But their hubris spills over into those other areas of business, and they're very difficult to work with from a governance perspective. So when you're putting your business together or if you have a partner now and what I've just described sounds very familiar to you, then you probably have a partnership of convenience, Rather than strategy, what you need to do is to make sure that you are managing your governance correctly and getting the right people at the governance layer.
0: When you're talking about that, I'm thinking back to point number one, which was higher character trained skill. And although that's talking about the employee, I mean, it, it's bookended. You've got that at the governance level. You have that at the employee level. to the degree.
1: You do. You do. You need to have the right character at the ownership level. And the character traits at the ownership level are they overlap a lot with what you need with employees, but they are a little bit different. And uh, the, the characteristics that you need at the ownership level really needs to be able to focus on delayed gratification. I'm, I'm going to serve my staff before I serve myself kind of thing. And they really need to do the number three conflict and problems. They really need to know how to embrace, engage, and deal with the negative in a way that propels people forward and the business forward A lot of talented people don't know how to do that. Mm,
0: Okay. We're talking with Bill English, actually wrapping up our time. Bill, uh, apart from the crowd at your house. The crowd uh, at my house. That's coming up. I mean, okay, what are you looking forward to on the table tomorrow? Uh, You know, it's
1: not so much the food. I'm looking forward to having some time alone with the Lord uh, either Thursday morning or Friday morning and just spending time being refreshed by God. Uh, I'll, I'll get up at 4, 4.30 and have a couple hours by myself, and really looking
0: forward to that. Wow,
1: I like that. I do, too. All right. Well, All right. Bill,
0: thanks for joining us again on Faith Radio Mornings. And <laughs> you bet. Hopefully next week we can tackle the next five. Yeah, we'll do list. the
1: other five next week. Sounds good. All right.
0: This is Faith Radio Mornings.